This is Jewish Board Talk with Sheree Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Wilakazi Stofile is the co-director of Tsaranang Legal Advocacy Center. It is a women's rights organization contributing towards ending violence against women and girls in South Africa. It has been working closely with Kulenu, an organization which combats gender-based and child abuse in the Jewish community. Wendy Hendler and Roseanne Sack, the co-directors, join Willa Kesey now to talk about the help available to women and children during COVID-19. Willa Kesey, Roseanne and Wendy, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. Hi, thank you for having us. Firstly, let's start off with the collaboration between the Swarna Legal Advocacy Centre and Kulenu. How did you guys start working together? We um, have a focus on alleviating gender-based violence in the Jewish community and in the wider community. And we've um, been aware of the Chwaranang um, Legal Advocacy Centre's work and we approached them to train us and train some of our volunteers on the issue of gender-based violence with the aim of going into onto WITS um, and other campuses to run workshops for students on gender-based violence. So about two months ago, Welikazi presented a three-day train, full-day training for about eight um, volunteers across the Jewish and broader spectrum of society. And, um, yeah, we're still hoping to do that work. Welikazi, how did you start the Tsaranang Legal Advocacy Centre? Uh, Tsaranang was established in 1996, actually, by two feminist, uh, uh, feminists who saw the rise in the levels of violence against women and girls, and they wanted to contribute towards its eradication. Actually, our full name is Soranang Legal Advocacy Center to End Violence Against Women. So it was our vision in 1996 that we would actually end violence against women. But sadly, here we are, uh, 23 years later, or close to 24 years later, still a uh, grappling with this challenge. So I personally joined Soranang in 2011, and uh, I have been with the organization since then, working around various communities in South Africa to try and uh, contribute towards the eradication of the sketch. During lockdown, we saw a number of increases in domestic violence um, with the ease now that we've gone into level three. Are we seeing a different pattern or can you tell us a little bit what's happening in our communities? I'm going to start by saying that uh, um, we have a challenge in South Africa with regards to statistics and the uh, number of reporting. We have challenges with actually reporting crimes of violence against women and girls, particularly because of the structural challenges ranging from the fear of being blamed, the fear of not being believed, and the secondary victimization. So during the lockdown, um, um, we didn't really get the true picture of what was happening in closed doors. But we're hoping that with the lifting of the uh, lockdown or with the easing of the lockdown that we will hear more and more stories. It is worth mentioning though that uh, since the um, start of level one we have seen a number of cases, uh, a number of women being seriously assaulted or beaten up by their partners 
Um, we are also thinking that with the opening of the schools, we are going to be hearing more and more cases of what happened to children during the lockdown. Wendy and Razan in our community? I think, I mean, Kulainu has been pretty quiet, which we were, we were expecting actually for the helpline to be, you know, going crazy at the start of the lockdown. Um, but we've had very few calls, mostly concerned, um, neighbors or friends concerned about somebody else in a particularly, you know, difficult or potentially abusive situation. Um, but I think again, as Welakazi said, you know, when we were in level four lockdown, even level five, it's very hard for someone who's locked down with their abuser to get to a phone in, in a, in a private space to actually make a call and get the help, you know. So, um, we, it'll be interesting to see now that with the easing of the lockdown, what happens. But, um, also just to reiterate what Welakazi said, you know, since the easing of the ban on alcohol, there's been a huge increase in the, the amount of trauma cases that the, um, the hospitals are seeing in their ERs. So, you know, I think it's twofold. I think on one hand, the easing will make it easier for people to come forward and, and call. Um, and get time away. Um, on the other hand, you know, there is going to be the abuse of alcohol and, as well, Akazi said, the children going back to school and reporting incidents. So it's it's probably a bit soon to tell, but it will be interesting to see how it unfolds from here. And also, just to add to that, um, in the Jewish community, in our community, um, people find it very hard to call. You know, one right. lady called and said that she'd had our card, our Colena details in front of her for about three months before she found the courage to pick up the phone. So I think that's still an issue for our community. You know, we're struggling to come out of denial that this happens in our beautiful community. And so that makes it even harder for people to call. And even harder at this time when it's hard to get access to a, to a private space. Yeah. So right. we're trying to right. lift the secrecy on this issue in our community. And we are making headway, but it is still very hard for most, for most women, um, or children, you know, to reach out for help. Yeah, yeah, just to pick up on the issue of secrecy, we also know that there are various uh, uh, um, reporting mechanisms that you find in communities. For instance, in uh, rural communities or rural settings, you find that there is a, a requirement that the survivor of victim is supposed to use internal reporting mechanisms starting from the family head all the way up to a chief or in course of that community. And that in instances where they have left these uh, structures and reported using the formal justice systems, that they are sometimes punished for doing so. So all of these will contribute in terms of how many uh, women report and uh, 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 so we cannot really know the true extent until maybe we're able to go out there and interact with our uh, communities. It really highlights the vulnerability of those that are most needed, you know, that need the protection the most. It's really, it's very, very sobering. So congratulations yeah. to all of you on the work you do and just we have to continue highlighting the need for it. Um, perhaps we can talk a little bit about the feeding scheme, Willakazi, that you've started. And Let me just say that uh, Toranang, uh, um, as an organization, has never focused on uh, 
provision of services like food. We have always focused on access to justice. But interestingly, during the pandemic, we found ourselves being called by survivors who were struggling to feed their families due to the lockdown or loss of income, but also because many of them were in the informal trade and many worked as domestic workers. So they were seriously affected by the, the, the lockdown. So instead of saying that our core mandate is uh, access to justice, we felt that we needed to reach out to partners uh, like Colenu SA and other organizations to see how we could assist the most uh, 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 vulnerable members of our society. That is how we came about uh, 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 distributing food parcels. But I must also mention that we also saw that as an opportunity to reach those that may be unable to uh, access justice still. We used that platform to distribute messages that were talking about uh, uh, gender-based violence and violence against women and children, and also gave them information around available legal remedies or other services like psychosocial support, like shelters, to ensure that as we deliver food, we also leave them with the information that they may use in case they are facing a violence, particularly domestic violence, because that tends to be increased. That that tends to increase when people are locked uh, in um, one space, unable to move, and also the anxiety and the fear around this pandemic will also affect people's mental status, thus creating a, 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 an environment where violence may increase. Roseanne and Wendy, is there anything you want to add? Just to say, um, just to say that. Um, the, the connection for us with, um, you know, Welikazi's work with providing food with her organization is that, um, you know, some of these are families where the, um, they're child-headed households and they're victims of child sexual abuse and domestic violence that were reaching out for help. So we felt then that we wanted to put our weight behind this food distribution service, um, you know, rather than um, giving to other organizations, you know, because um, these are exceptionally vulnerable families. So when Welikazi reached out to us, we connected her with an angel network with Glenn Wellman, and they gave them, gave Welikazi money to send to these um, I think there are 40 families that they've identified in the Val, um, in the Val and in south of Joburg that they are distributing these um, food parcels to. And it is also worth mentioning that uh, 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 some of the, the women and the child-headed households were uh, migrant women and as such were not accessing what was being provided in their uh, uh, families. But even those that were accessing the food, like the child-headed households, the, the food was not sufficient because you'll find, for instance, there are two families, one with 15 children living under one roof and the other with about 30 people living under one roof. And the question that one may ask is uh, don't they get uh, uh, child support grants? Some of them do and the majority don't because they are foreign children and they don't even have the necessary papers to access the, the assistance that is provided. So this assistance from the Angels Network and the Southern African uh, uh, Jewish uh, uh, deputies, I hope I am 
board of deputies um, assisted, assisted a great deal in at least ensuring that these families do not go to bed hungry. We have had testimonies actually which we could share like voice notes uh, from people who were saying that uh, you came at the right time that day we didn't know what we were going to eat and they were in tears. The level of gratitude actually was uh, so overwhelming. So we would like to thank uh, uh, Roseanne and Wendy as well as Glyn and the South African Jewish Board of Deputies for coming to assist when they are called upon. Well, Akazi, you and Roseanne and Wendy are working in a very difficult space in terms of um, gender violence. And all of you were pointing to the, the lack of resources, but the difficulty involved in, for example, a girl child that has been abused. And I just wondered what advice going forward or uh, what would you say to our young women and men of today in terms of how we can grow our society? Well, I think the important thing, and I mean, it's really a mission um, from Kulainu's side is for people to know that there is help available, you know, um, that they don't need to suffer through it alone and that there are organizations such as ours, such as um, Chuaranang, who will, you know, offer assistance and provide resources and referrals where necessary. So it's really about if they can reach out for that help, that, that help is available, you know. And I know the government has also put in place um a number of, of resources such as the, the gender-based violence command center, there's lifeline, there's childline. Um, you know, so all these, these kinds of resources are available if people know how to get hold of them and to reach out. And I think it's also important for adults to know that as, as adults, we are mandatory reporters. So if we suspect that something is going on in a household, if a child is being abused, even if there's a suspicion of that, then it is we are mandated by law to report that to a statutory body. You know, so, I mean, we have our Hevra Kadisha, um, there's um, the Childline, the Teddy Bear Clinic. So there really are a lot of resources. And I think the the lockdown has, has highlighted as well how many of these resources are available. Wilakazi, did you want to say something, Wendy? Yes, um, I wanted to say that um, first and foremost, uh, gender-based violence is not a private matter, it's a societal issue. It requires all hands on deck. It cannot be left to the girl child to protect herself. Um, We as a society have to work together and advocate for an end to violence against women and girls. And also as parents, we have a role to play as guardians, as caregivers, as educators. We all have the role to play in creating an environment where women's and girls' voice and agency is amplified, where they are able to speak out without fear that they will be stigmatized or they will be blamed or they, 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 they will be judged. So, 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 so put simply, uh, we need to fight this pandemic as a collective and we need to see more and more male advocates men and boys standing up and speaking out against violence against women and girls it should not be left to us to be the ones who are advocating for prevention and response even men themselves they need to stand up they need to take action
So just to add to that, like on a, on a sort of a brighter note, um, Rosanna and I were, um, reached out to by some, um, matric students, um, in some of the private schools in Joburg. And they are going to be running a series of workshops for uh, matric students, boys and girls. They're going to be doing it over Zoom and they're going to open the discussion where around gender-based violence, where girls get to share their stories with the guys um, so that guys can get an insight into what it's like as a female being on the receiving end of um, jokes or um, put-downs or insults or harassment of any type and to open the narrative and ch- start to change the narrative around this issue in our country. So for us, that was very, very encouraging and, and exciting and we're hoping that this might be something that spreads to all the schools so that, you know, when people are still young, they start question, questioning their attitudes and perspectives around yeah. the, the other sex. Because that's really yeah. what underlies um, any form of, of abuse or assault is is distorted thinking patterns around the opposite gender. You know, um, so we're very happy about that and looking forward to working with them. Well, that is a beautiful way to end off. That is very positive and uh, you're quite right. We have to change society and how we think about issues around gender-based violence. So I'd like to thank Willakazi and Wendy and Roseanne for being my guests and uh, keep up the incredible work that you do. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having us. Thank you so much.